Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Alex Lewis. Taiwan is known for its foodie culture.、Uh, we have a beautiful variety of food stalls in our night markets, and sit-down spots span the spectrum from homely rutsal restaurants to refined fine dining establishments. If you look hard enough, you'll be able to find food from all over the world here, or at least an approximation of what you're after. One type of cuisine that's popular in Taiwan is Italian food. Italian food here also spans the spectrum from homely pasta joints to refined Italian fine dining. Then there's Davino, an Italian restaurant in Taipei's Da'an District. That serves authentic Italian food without any added pretense. A restaurant with a homely feel, serving up refined Italian fare. Today on Taiwan Talk, we speak to the head chef and owner of Divino, Enrico Negrini, and his business partner Sahil Mohitra. We talk about Divino, the state of Italian food in Taipei, and also about Focoso, the restaurant and bar they opened up down the street from Divino to accommodate the people who miss out on a reservation. Let's start with Sahil telling us how Focoso came to be. Kind of randomly hit me up. He says, "I have an idea. I want to do a bar." <laughs> <Yeah> . I'm like, "Really?、Yeah. You haven't enough on your plate?" And he goes, "Yeah, I want to、um, yeah. expand. Get get you know because we're too busy. We need a place to、uh, to put other people. Would you help me with it?" So could you explain the concept of、uh, the bar Focoso, right? Yeah. Well, do you want to explain the definition of Focoso? Because I think the name's pretty yeah clever.、Uh, so Focoso stands for Food Cocktail and Social. And then that's our our logo. Sahil designed it.、Uh, I meant the Italian、uh, definition. <laughs> yeah, the Italian definition. It's it's horny. Focoso、uh, means horny. In yeah,、Italian. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it comes from、Spirited. fire. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> focoso. Foco is fire, and then it's like on fire. It's、uh, yeah. It has、I、a、like、horny、it. connotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but、uh, you have to come to the restaurant to find out. But now we're seeing on the radio. <laughs> Cheeky、uh, man, it's got a great dual meaning. So, food,、mm. cocktail, and social. Heavy emphasis on all three prongs. Enrico, you know, designed the menu with our two other chefs. We have、uh, two chefs there that that handle every day to day cooking and the overseeing of the preparation and everything. And they're really fantastic.、Um, so, the menu is kind of similar to Divino, but different. It、um, is a little more emphasis on kind of sharing, a little more bar food, a, you know, a little bit saltier palate, but you know, still the same flair.、Mm. But it's a different vibe, right, from the sit-down restaurant of Divino. Yeah. Also, let, that's why we wanted to create. So we have a single table, and then everybody sits together. Yeah, it's a communal table.、Uh, How long is it? It's like eight meter long. Eight meters. Yeah. yeah. And then、uh, the you you either sit on the table or in the bar, but they're at exactly the same height. So whoever is on the bar is not looking down at you.、Uh, the idea is the restaurant it's it's a little bit、um, straight, and when we have all full, there is no way to walk through without like almost touching people. Yeah, and it's, it's like by design, right? Because, yeah, yeah, the social and, aspect. And then that's when, like, you touch, you kind of bump into somebody, and it's like, "Well,、oh, sorry, my name is this," and I. And then that's what we we wanted to create. Yeah. yeah.、Uh, and then that's that's when we decided to to don't allow cell phones inside, at least texting. I've been to Focoso, and like, you know, when you go,、mm-hmm. like, they like hand out、Time、house、cards. rules thing, house、yeah. rules, house rules thing. Yeah, could you explain a little bit about how you like came up with that? Yeah, just the thought behind that. <laughs> well. Thing. well、uh, So the food, cocktail, and social. The second aspect was the cocktails, which I'll c- get back to. But then the third aspect was the social aspect. And I mean, we didn't really intend at first to have house rules.、Um, it's just an idea that Enrico came up with a little bit later to、um, sort of enforce the the fact that we really wanted the space to be、uh, a social atmosphere, as he explained, like with the long communal table. 
Um, we expect everyone to be sitting together. We've had you know a lot of success with people making new friends and you know actually just running into old friends, surprisingly. So the only real rule that we ask, you know, besides being courteous to others, and we also have some cheeky rules like please don't talk about politics because that can be heated debates. And mm. let's keep it let's keep it interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the only rule we really enforce is we ask our our customers don't use your phones inside because that kind of breaks that social atmosphere when you go into a bar and everybody's kind of glued to their phones. Yeah, it like, takes them away from the. It takes them away from the from the atmosphere. It takes them the away present. from the present. Yeah, exactly. So that is the only rule. It has been a little bit. Um, How do you enforce that? Or people kind of just break that rule, just go on their phones all the time? Right? Well, they, they break every single day. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's, well, there a lot might of be just a few single human beings in the world that are not addicted to their phones. Mm. But then, then it comes the fun part. Every time we see somebody, we have like a ring and we kind of like shame them, like don't use your phones. And then in the beginning, people feel a little bit stressed, right? Like I'm on my day off or I'm in my relaxed times. I want to do whatever I want to do. Uh, so there is a little bit of resistance. But I think when once the alcohol starts warming people and then they actually realize that they don't need their phones anymore. Uh, and then that's that's when our atmosphere like reaches the 100% that we were looking for. Yeah. So in the beginning, you know, it's it's maybe like a dinner service and uh, people are eating, but they also want to check and bit. yeah. Uh, and then it's harder. But once like they're done with their drinks and, and then they, they remember how cool it is mm-hmm. to actually not have their phones disturbing them from what they can actually have from their friends. Yeah, so you can kind of see the night like crescendo, right? Like yeah. It kind of starts a little bit slow and everybody's yeah. kind of just like, uh, yeah, exactly. Get conversation going. And yeah. plus like normally, so we're pretty strong on, on, on the restaurant business right now. We actually are working only on reservations because we're quite busy as well. So during the night, we try to have like 25 to 30 people for a restaurant. So we started serving dinner at seven o'clock. Kitchen closes around nine thirty ten. Uh, but those 35 people, that's the, the beginning of the night. It, it goes low, right? But then after 10, people start coming just for drinks. But then the guys that are there for dinner, they don't want to leave because they see the atmosphere, like you said, crescendo. It's like getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's that's when we have no problem at all with phones. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay. Nobody doesn't even well, touch yeah. them. Yeah. Usually, yeah. Except uh, for f- for photos, that's our only exception to the rule. Mm. Of course, of course, we let people yeah. take photos. That's Instagram, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, but that that's the point, right? Like, uh, we don't want to have phones, but uh, we also want people to share their experiences. Yeah, we are also like suffering a little bit on the on the uh, media business right. because people come and then, of course, you say, "Don't touch your phone," and then they take it serious, and then they're having fun, and then. They go home, and the next day they're like, oh, my God, I didn't take a picture. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to share my experience. Yeah, and then you cannot share it. And we we suffer from that as well because people say, like, oh, it was amazing. I loved it. But then they cannot show it to anybody else. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. I think it was a, a, a business, a marketing decision that we took, uh, same as, as open four days a week. Right. So nobody understands, but right now we open just from Thursday through Sunday, just mm-hmm. four days. We have three days off. Staff loves it. Clients don't don't get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, but the only thing that we decided in the beginning, yeah, it was we open a little bit last days, but we want to have like this atmosphere every time. Right. So we we focus on those four days. We try to push. We make some specials, uh, like like the Sunday pasta 
But then every time you walk in at Fokoso, there is something going on. There right. is like people, new people to meet, and loud music and good food, and that that was like the entire idea. Yeah, and good drinks. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so it's quality versus quantity, first off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. Back to the cocktails. Can you explain yeah. That so the, the the last uh, aspect of the food cocktail social that I didn't really explain is um, we do a lot of kind of traditional cocktails, but we do them with a with a signature twist. We do our own in house infusion. So we will infuse, for example, uh, we do uh, green tea. Utah with mm-hmm. uh, gin, and we make a, a gimlet with that. It's quite nice. Mm-hmm. We do um we do a seasonal infusion, and for right now it's pineapple with vodka. So we do a pineapple infused vodka martini. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have another one. It's my personal favorite. It's a bacon infused bourbon, mm-hmm. um, which we serve in an old fashioned. So it's like a little bit smoky. It's got some bacon in it. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So you'll recognize the the names of the cocktails. Are just we we put a little bit of a flair on it. Nice. We also have a really broad selection of bourbon we have a really good collection of mitchers rise and bourbons uh, yeah we try we try to work so when i had the idea to to start a bar we used to go out for like speakeasies and everything Mm -hmm. and uh being in the restaurant business it's completely different than being in the in the bar industry the way you charge food in a restaurant and the way you charge drinks in a bar it's completely different so I don't want to say the bar overcharges, but they also have like an atmosphere around it that it's hard to create. Yeah. Plus, when you go in a bar, normally you don't spend as much as when you're going to the restaurant because it's always a second place. You don't go to a bar and say like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna come here and eat chicken wings to infinity and like and stay here and right. stay yeah. right." So you probably had dinner at some point, and then you're going to a bar, and then they still have to pay the same rent as a restaurant and everything. So the drinks has to be a little bit more expensive. And then that's when I ask myself, like, well, if we have a restaurant with drinks, then we can have better quality for the alcohol and still have better value on the on the price. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think that's when, like, the the, the entire idea came, came out together. So we wanted to have, like, a food that is very close from, from Divino, a few like different specials but to also like afford to have some really good cocktails and like if you if you look at our our shelves like tito's vodka and um, all the whiskey that we have uh it's it's all good quality you don't look like and say oh this is kind of shady hendrix and cotswold yeah keep it good quality but at very reasonable yeah yeah like gin tonic it's like 250 nt Mm. And and I think people also like realize, ooh, that's nice. We've been to cocktail bars, and I think the the loop was going a little bit too crazy, like six hundred for a cocktail. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's like not yeah. even New York City has those prices almost. Yeah. Mm, I see. Yeah. Uh, so do you feel like in Focoso you have, kind of have a playground of sorts? So like in Divino, there's a restaurant, so you're serving food, yeah. and maybe you can't go too out of uh, the ordinary or something like that. I think that's that's exactly what I what I can do uh, and it's fun because of course Divino is a Italian restaurant and I think every single person has a very strong idea of what is Italian because I, they've been to Italy or maybe they grew up and uh, a lot of people have Italian uh, like ancestors or influence or maybe you grew up in a in an area with a lot of Italian restaurants so everybody 
most of the people I would say have like this this Italian like oh I know what is it what Italian food means. So I think when you open an Italian restaurant and you carry that flag very strongly, you have to to stick with some some things. Yeah. And then I like it. I like to be authentic and divino. But uh this week I just received a message from a client that went to Focosa and was like, "Whoa, the food was very creative. Like I really enjoy Enrico. Like you you were really like blasted creating this this new thing and then that kind of like hugged me in a different way like mm-hmm. the same way you go to the vineyard it's like oh that's exactly what i was expecting because i wanted something authentic yeah. mm-hmm. then you go there and you're like well this is like like it blew my mind it's also creative so in a single place you can never have that i can never say like oh this is authentic oh this is also creative right. in a single restaurant i think it's hard but uh having the opportunity to have two restaurants so close and like hitting the the same people and getting both of experience it was it was very nice okay got to go back to i guess just the opening of divino i mean there are a lot of there are a lot of italian restaurants here what did you think uh i guess the italian cuisine here in taiwan like missed and like what do you think you brought to the table in terms of italian cuisine so i i came to taiwan to work in a restaurant called la piola I uh, had uh, two, two, uh, three investors there, very nice people. Uh, they brought me from Italy. We opened this restaurant, and uh, the restaurant, luckily, like I'm, I'm very proud and happy to to see the restaurant still opens today. Does a a good business. But after my first year over there, uh, I start I started thinking that like, I think Italian food it's it's a little bit different of what we have in in town. And I understand why a lot of restaurateurs are are doing this. They go for a little bit of this fine dining experience first because people can afford to pay it. Uh, I think a lot of customers they like a little bit of this distance. You know, like I have my table, the waiter mm-hmm. come and he's almost wearing a tie and he treats me like very right. nicely. Mm-hmm. It's a different experience. But for me, Italian food is not that. For me, the, the Italian restaurant is like somebody gonna pat you on the back and we're gonna tell you a joke while you're eating. And then uh, I want to ask you like about your life and we're gonna actually become friends and it's noisy and it's unorganized yeah. like probably i don't have your reservation you come in and I'm like oh my god but then i <laughs> i will find a way to to see yeah. you because it's just like it's like a house it's like yeah. my grandmother used to say that like whatever one people eat two people can eat as well with the same food maybe they're not gonna be like super full but they can both eat and then that's better than just feeding one person in a section of the interview that I didn't include, Enrico told us that opening Davino and Focoso isn't just an investment for him. He's putting all of himself in the restaurant and strives to build a sense of family and community amongst his staff and patrons alike. For example, he appointed staff members from Davino to management positions in Focoso, a show of loyalty to the people he sees as part of his family. And if you want to get a sense of that family feel, head down to one of his restaurants, Davino or Focoso. But before that, we're in for a special treat. Sahil is a musician, and he came on the show and played one of his original songs, Contradictions. Let's take a listen. Should I intro at all? Yeah, man. All right. Uh, Yeah, so this is something I wrote, just to (laughs) share. And maybe we'll do some more live music nights at Focoso, even. Um, What's the the title? uh, Give me a sec. It's called... um, 
contradictions. I've been told it's ill-advised to take you out to dinner. Better to start off with some place simpler. Thank you to Enrico and Sahil for coming onto the show, and thank you for listening to Taiwan Talk. I'm Alex Lewis. <laughs>